Chapter Ten of the Actress in High Life, an episode in Winter Quarters by Sue Pettigrew Bowen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten. Tell me, recluse monastic, can it be a disadvantage to thy beams to shine? A thousand tapers may gain light from thee. Is thy light less or worse for lighting mine? If wanting light I stumble, shall thy darkness not be guilty of my fall? make not thyself a prisoner thou art free why dost thou turn thy palace to a jail thou art an eagle and befits it thee to live immured like a cloister snail let toys seek corners things of cost gain worth by view hid jewels are but lost francis quarles in the afternoon the commissary going out in search of the objects of his journey grain and bullocks for the troops lil strolled out with the ladies to survey the curiosities of evra and moody followed closely lady mabel's steps if i am to play the part of cicerone said lil i will begin by reminding you that the history of many races and eras is indissolubly connected with the peninsula and especially the southern part of it here we find the land of tarshish of scripture so well known to the phoenicians who in an adjacent province of spain built another sidon and founded cadiz before hector and achilles fought at troy yet they found the celto-iberian here before them who after that built evora according to portuguese historians some eight or ten centuries before christ the greeks too stretched their commerce and their colonies to this land the carthaginians made themselves masters of this country the romans turned them out to give place and time to the vandals who were driven over into africa by the goths whose dominion was at the end of two centuries overthrown by the arabs who after a war of seven centuries were expelled in turn by the descendants of their gothic rivals the land still shows many traces of these revolutions in the neighbourhood of this city the rude altar of the druid still commemorates the early celt the majesty of the roman temple here forms a singular contrast with the delicacy of the arabian monuments and the gothic architecture with the simplicity of the modern edifices a truly ciceronian introduction to your duties as ciceroni said lady mabel but i have yet to see much that you describe so eloquently to my eye the most striking feature of ever at this day is its ecclesiastical aspect it is full of churches chapels and monkish barracks and seems to be held by a strong garrison of these soldiers of the pope baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men said old moody in a loud soliloquy behind i have often heard the pope called antichrist but never knew him dubbed baal before said lady mabel although not one of his flock i cannot but feel a deep interest in the head of the latin church now that the venerable old man is so shamefully treated carried off and kept a prisoner in france to be bullied threatened and cajoled with a view to appropriate the papal influence to the furtherance of this corsican's ambition you had better leave all those feelings to his own flock my lady is it possible moody lady mabel retorted that you do not know that we are on the pope's side in this quarrel we are bound to sympathize with him not only in politics but in religion against his unbelieving enemies we must forget all minor differences and think only of the faith we hold in common even you must admit that it is better to see the almighty dimly through mists and clouds or even though our view be obstructed by a crowd of doubtful saints than to turn our backs on the christian godhead and deny his existence like these godless french i assure you i have become a strong friend to the pope the more is the pity groaned moody but what is written is written 
i know moodie that you believe that we who have deserted the kirk of scotland and crossed the border in search of a church have already travelled a long way toward rome about half-way my lady the church of england is no abiding place but merely an inn on that road why exclaimed mrs shortridge is moodie so much dissatisfied with our church for my part it does not seem natural to me for genteel people to go anywhere else you may find madam said moodie a great many genteel people going somewhere else gentry is no election to grace mrs shortridge resented the insinuation by indignant silence but lady mabel who had her own object in exasperating moodie's sectarian zeal now asked him what is the last symptom of backsliding you have seen in me it seems to me my lady that you are getting strangely intimate with the romish faith and rites for one who does not believe and practise them it is a sinful curiosity like that of the children of israel which first made them familiar with the abominations among their neighbours then led them to practise the idolatries they had witnessed but may there not be something sinful moody in denouncing the errors and corruptions of the romanists without having thoroughly searched them out we know the great heads of their offence their perversion of gospel truth their teaching for doctrine the commandments of men there is no need to trace every error through all its dark and crooked windings truth is one that god has allotted to his elect errors are manifold and sown broadcast among the reprobate still it must matter much what degree and kind of error falls to our lot lady mabel suggested perhaps so moodie answered with doubting assent yet if we are not in the one true path it may matter little which wrong road we travel well moodie said she however much you may narrow down your christian faith you shall not hedge in my christian charity and deprive me of all sympathy for the pope in this his day of persecution whatever the holy father's heirs may have been said lil we may now say of him a prisoner in france what was said of clement the seventh when shut up in the castle of st angelo papa non potest errare that is latin moody said lady mabel and to enlighten your ignorance it may be rendered the pope cannot err why that is nothing but the doctrine of the pope's infallibility exclaimed moody indignantly and saying it in latin cannot make it true and he dropped behind the party gazing on the number of religious houses and habits around them lady mabel said monastic life must hold forth strong allurements the monks seem to find it easy to recruit their ranks many motives combine to draw men into the church lil answered devotion may be the chief but in this climate and country the love of case and the want of hopeful prospects in secular life exercise great influence moreover one monk like one soldier serves as a decoy to another did you ever see a recruiting sergeant in all his glory among a party of rustics at a village alehouse how skilfully he displays the bright side of a soldier's life while hiding every dark spot the church has many a recruiting sergeant who can put the best of ours to shame many a recruit too like our young friar is caught very young they had now turned into another street and lyle stopping the party pointed out a large building opposite to them what a curious mixture of styles it presents said mrs shortridge what a barbarous mutilation of a work of art exclaimed lady mabel this is or rather was said lil the temple of diana built before the christian era perhaps while sertorius yet lorded it in the peninsula and made evra his headquarters the architect continued he looking at it with the eye of a connoisseur 
was doubtless a greek time and the mutilations and additions of the moor have not effaced all the beauty of this structure planned by the genius and reared by the hands of men who lived nineteen centuries ago the rubble-work and plaster wall that fills the space between those columns so requisite in their proportions the pinnacles which crown the structure in place of the entablature which has been destroyed are the work of the moors who strove in vain to unite in harmony their own style of building with that of their roman predecessors enough remains to show the chaste beautiful and permanent character of the edifices of that classic age after gazing long with deep interest on this monument of the palmy days and widespread sway of the roman lady mabel said let us see if there be not still left within the building some remains of a piece with so noble an exterior unhappily answered lil all is changed there moreover though the sacrifices are continued they are no longer conducted with the decorum of the heathen rites the temple of the chaste goddess is now the public shambles of the city defiled throughout by brutal butchers with the blood and offals of the slaughtered herd is it possible lady mabel exclaimed have these people sunk so low is so little taste learning and reverence for high art left among them that they can find no better use for this rare memorial of the past no people have proved themselves so destitute of taste and of reverence for antiquity as the portuguese replied lil they seem to have found it a pleasure or deemed it a duty to erase the footprints of ancient art monuments of all kinds beautiful and rare but lightly touched by the hand of time have been ruthlessly destroyed here to give you a single instance a gentleman of the family of the mascarenas who had travelled in italy and acquired a taste for the arts collected from different parts about the town of mertola twelve ancient statues with a view to place them on pedestals in his country house but he dying before completing his intention these admirable productions of roman art the venerable representations of heroes and sages were hurled into a lime kiln to make cement for the chapel of st john and such acts of vandalism have been perpetuated throughout portugal the barbarians exclaimed lady mabel the ignorance they condemn themselves to is scarce punishment enough for the offence it is difficult to say how much they have destroyed continued lil but beside the voice of history proofs enough remain that ever was in the days of sertorius of caesar and in after times a favourite spot with the romans this temple before us mutilated as it is and the aqueduct though repaired in modern times are still roman and no ancient monument in italy is in better preservation than the beautiful little castellum which crowns its termination even where roman buildings have been destroyed we still see around us the stones which ancient and classic inscriptions built into new walls the plough too of the husbandman still at times turns up the coins of sertorius bearing a profile showing the wound he had received in his eye while the reverse represents his favourite hind leaning against a tree how completely do these things carry us back to ancient times and make even plutarch's novels seem verities of real life said lady mabel these same romans whom we read of and wonder at have indeed left behind them wherever they came footprints indelibly stamped on the face of the country they did more said lil wherever civilization extends they still set their marks upon the minds of men how barbarous seem the moorish buildings which we still see here and at elvis said lady mabel compared with these monuments of a yet earlier day the moors had a style of their own said lil indifferent to external decoration they reserved all their ingenuity for the interior of their edifices stimulated by a sensuous religion and a luxurious climate they there lavished whatever was calculated to delight the senses and accord with a sedentary and voluptuous life 
they sought a shady privacy amidst sparkling fountains artificial breezes and sweet-smelling plants amidst brilliant colours and a profusion of ornaments seen by a light sobered from the glare of a southern sun numberless were the luxurious palaces the moors reared in portugal and spain the alhambra yet stands a model of their excellence in the arts although many of its glories have departed its walls have become desolate and many of them fallen into ruin though its gardens have been destroyed and its fountains ceased to play charles v commenced a palace within the enclosure of the alhambra in rivalry of what he found there it stands but an arrogant intrusion and is already in a state of dilapidation far beyond the work of the arabs in them the walls remain unaltered except by injuries inflicted by the hand of man the colours of the painting in which there is no mixture of oil preserve all their brightness the beams and woodwork of the ceilings show no signs of decay the art of rendering timber and paints durable and of making porcelain mosaics arabesques and other ornaments began and ended in western europe with the spanish arabs but perhaps the most curious achievement attributed to them is that spiders flies and other insects shun their apartments at all seasons what exclaimed lady mabel had they attained that perfection in the art of building could they exercise those hordes of little demons lay a spell upon them and turn them out of doors had you told me this yesterday i would have been less impressed by it but after last night's ordeal i venerate the more almost i regret the expulsion of his cleanly superstition since it has carried with it into exile so rare an art mrs shortridge too seemed fully to appreciate the value of the lost art and said these moors must indeed have been a very comfortable people and they crowned their comfort in this world said lil by inventing an equally comfortable system for the next is it not strange said lady mabel gazing on the building before them that the production of two races each so skilful should be so utterly incompatible classic and saracenic art both beautiful united make a monster not so strange lil answered as the simplicity of the mohammedan faith amidst all that is fantastic in arts and letters a grotesque architecture a wondrous alchemy the extravagant in poetry and the supernatural in fiction or the purity of classic art characterized by simplicity and proportion yet drawing its inspiration from a wild and copious mythology made up of the sportive creations of fancy they were a wonderful people these romans as even this obscure corner of europe can witness said lady mabel her eyes dwelling on the beautiful colonnade and tracing out the exquisite symmetry of the shafts and the rich foliage of the corinthian capitals were these romans christians asked moodie who had hitherto looked on in silence no she answered they worshipped many false gods then they were just like all the romans i have known said he dryly and turned his back on the temple come said mrs shortridge let us take moodie's hint and look for something else worth seeing as they continued their walk lil remarked in many a place in the peninsula we find a roman aqueduct a moorish castle and a gothic cathedral standing close together yet ages apart how much of history is embraced in this we have just been gazing upon the mouldering remains of two phases of civilization which were at their height one while our forefathers were yet heathen and almost savage the other while they were but emerging from a rude barbarism we should never forget that this peninsula was the high road which arts and letters travelled on their progress into western europe and to our own land we are much indebted to letters and the arts for the unanimity with which they came on to us for certainly said lady mabel looking round her little of either appears to have loitered behind 
every object around us makes the impression of a country and a people who have seen better days and you cannot help wondering and fearing where this downward path may end the history of humanity is not always the story of progress said lil one nation may be like a young barbarian his face turned towards civilization gazing on it with dazzled but admiring eyes another a scowling hoary outlaw turning his back on human culture and social order your young barbarian said lady mabel makes the more pleasing picture of the two are there your hoary outlaws exclaimed mrs shortridge as a party of beggars from the door of the franciscan church hobbled toward them and beset them for alms oh no said lady mabel they are angels in disguise tempting us to deeds of charity and with the devout air of a zealous daughter of the one true church she distributed sundry small coin among them come moody she exclaimed i know your pocket is never without a store of sixpences those canny little dogs that often do the work of shillings seize the occasion of doing good works of appropriating to yourself a meritorious charity for charity covers a multitude of sins lay up some treasure in heaven without loss of time the beggars on this hint surrounded moody but he repudiating such perversion of scripture doctrine shook them off with little ceremony and the beggar's instinct saw in his hard indignant face no hope of alms if you will give nothing at least buy something said lady mabel that fellow bawling at you palace almos is offering snuff for sale and the love of snuff at least is common ground to scot and portuguese thus urged moody paid liberally for a package and was putting it in his pocket when lady mabel exclaimed you do not know moody what a charitable and christian deed you have done everything is done in portugal pelo amor de deus e palas almas that fellow is employed by the priest to sell snuff palas almas and all the profits of the trade go to release souls from purgatory purgatory exclaimed moody i will not be tricked into countenancing that popish abomination and he hurled the package back to the man who gladly picked it up and turned to seek a second purchaser as they walked on toward the church of the franciscans mrs shortridge said you need not fear a scarcity of objects of charity lady mabel for poverty seems rife in evora yet from the number of churches and monasteries there must be much wealth lady mabel answered probably most of the property is in their possession and we may expect to see in their shrines and altars a gorgeous display of their riches you will be disappointed in that said lil evora has passed too lately through the hands of the french too systematic a people to do things by halves their emperor is more systematic still on taking possession of portugal his first edict from milan imposed a war contribution on the country of one hundred million of francs as a ransom for private property of every kind this being somewhat more than all the money in the country allowed a sufficiently wide margin for spoliation without making private property a whit the safer for it the imperial coffers absorbed this public contribution leaving the french officers and soldiers to fill their pockets and make their fortunes as they could but what was there left to fill their pockets with lady mabel asked there must have been a plenty left said mrs shortridge one does not know the wealth of a country till you plunder it even some of our fellows though they came as friends still continue occasionally to pocket a useful thing the officers cannot put a stop to it altogether do what they may but with some exceptions said lil each french general levied contributions on his own account some idea of the amount may be formed from the fact that at the convention of sintra junot 
who had probably not brought baggage enough into portugal to load five mules demanded five ships for the conveyance of his private property yet soult's accumulations in andalusia are said to exceed junot's whatever may be the result of the war many a french officer will have made his fortune here well did they obey the injunction see thou shake the bags of hoarding abbots angels in prison set thou at liberty this last though in a sense different from the poets in lisbon alone turning thousands of nuns into the streets that their convents might be converted into barracks in obedience to the imperial decree all the gold and silver of the churches chapels and fraternities of the city were carried off to the mint and in this day of sweeping confiscation individuals did not forget themselves indeed throughout the country the french soldier proved that he had the eye of a lynx the scent of a hound and the litheness of a ferret after booty trained to it by the system which makes the war support the war but evera has been particularly unlucky it not only bore its full share of the first burden imposed on the country but the year after when the portuguese rising too late in armed resistance lost a battle before the town the french entering with the fugitives massacred nearly a thousand persons many of them women and children including some forty priests a class they made the especial objects of their vengeance and they plundered the town so thoroughly that the very cracks in the walls did not escape their search the best excuse that can be made for their plunderings is that in the confusion of their own revolution they so completely lost the idea of property that though they have recovered the thing they have not yet remastered the idea of it a number of friars now coming out of the church attracted mrs shortridge's attention but lady mabel had an englishwoman's ear for french atrocities and continued the conversation i can understand that a needy and ignorant soldiery may perpetrate such robberies amidst scenes of violence and under the temptations of want but we expect better things from the men who lead them that supposes these men to be of a different class with different education and habits from the common soldier the revolution and conscription has levelled all those distinctions many a youth of good birth and education is made to bear his musket in the ranks and does not elevate his comrades to his standard but is soon degraded to the level of their sentiments and habits many a french general for instance junot has been raised from the ranks military merit or accident has elevated them to command without a corresponding elevation of sentiment or principles it is not easy to make a gentleman in one generation somebody says it takes three what a moderate man that somebody was said lady mabel i thought that the gentry of a country were like its timber the slow growth of centuries and that the beginning of nobility must be lost in the dark ages unless you can find some great statesman warrior or freebooter of later date to start from but said lil laughing we find men whose pedigree fulfils your requisitions who are not gentlemen in their own persons the son of a gentleman is too often only one in name i think said lady mabel reflecting i have myself met with more than one gentleman rogue that is impossible said lil for a gentleman is a superstructure which can be built only on one foundation an honest man we had better stop defining the gentleman said lady mabel lest between us we narrow down the class until there are not enough left to officer a regiment or for any other useful purpose this is a fine old building said mrs shortridge peeping into the church and it will be a convenient time to look at it for it seems quite empty it is not much worth seeing said lil but there is something beyond it which i would like to show you they walked into it 
but moody at first hung back and hesitated to enter this idolatrous temple until luckily remembering the prophet's permission to naaman the syrian to accompany his master to the house of rimmon he swallowed his scruples and followed lady mabel passing through the church they came to an archway over which was inscribed nos os osos que aquí estamos pelos vosos esperamos passing through it they found themselves in a huge vault its arched ceiling supported by large square piers which with the walls were covered with human skulls set in a hard cement by the dim light they saw on all sides thousands of ghastly human heads grinning at them in death the only signs of life being a few crouching devotees prostrate before an illuminated shrine at the extremity of this golgotha both ladies paused awe-stricken lady mabel turned pale and mrs shortridge after gazing round her for a moment uttered a little shriek and covered her face with her hands to face these objects was painful enough but to have them grinning on her as in mockery behind her back was more than she could stand so seizing old moody by the arm he being beside her she rushed out of this charnel house and impatiently called the others to join her in the church with an effort lady mabel stifled her contagious terror and advancing further into the gloomy repository inspected it on all sides there was little room left on the walls for more memorials of mortality having in silence sated her curiosity and her sense of the horrible feeling all the while a strange reluctance to break the death-like stillness of the place by uttering a word she at length rejoined mrs shortridge after taking another look into this apartment of death her eye rested on the inscription over the arch lil translated it our bones which here are resting are expecting yours god forbid that mine should find so gloomy a resting-place exclaimed mrs shortridge with a shudder it is a weakness said lady mabel yet we must shrink from this promiscuous mingling of our ashes and our even choice in the selection of our last resting-place we hope even in death to rejoin our kindred dust in the ancestral vault or at least to repose under some sunny spot in the churchyard hallowed to us in life is not this your feeling she said appealing to lil lil looked grave it is a natural feeling clinging to our mortal nature and doubtless has its use but i must not indulge in it the soldier is even less at liberty than other men to choose his own grave the foss of a beleaguered fortress a shallow trench in a well-fought field the ravine of a disputed mountain pass the strand of some river to be crossed in the face of the enemy all these have furnished and will furnish graves for those who fall and have the luck to find burial the wolf and the vulture provide for the rest we have a wide graveyard he added more cheerfully stretching from hence to the pyrenees and perchance beyond them it embraces many a lovely and romantic spot only the choice of our last resting-place is not left to ourselves lady mabel shuddered at this gloomy picture and his foreboding tone she knew how many of her countrymen had fallen and must fall in this bloody war yet somehow or other she had always thought of lil as one who was to live and not to die prematurely cut off in youth health the pride of manhood his hopes powers aspirations just in their bloom she looked at him with deep painful interest as if to read his fortune in his face what special safeguard protected him the next moment her conscience pricked her when her father's image rose before her grown grey in service and seamed with scars yet no safer by all his dangers past than the last recruit and she walked slowly forth from the franciscan church with sadder and more solemn impressions of the reality and imminence of death than could be generated by all that vast array of grinning skulls 
it was growing late and they turned toward the estillagem as they strolled on lil in the same train of thought which had last occupied them said war is essentially a greedy thing a great and speedy consumer of what has been slowly produced in peace we hear of veteran armies but an army of veterans does not perhaps never existed we collect materials and munitions of war expecting to expend them in military operations but we are not aware until we have tried it how close a parallel there is between the fates of the inanimate and the living constituents that furnish forth an army for the field it is not the sword chiefly that kills the hospital swallows more than the battlefield after a few campaigns what has been falsely called the skeleton but is in truth the soul of an army the remnant of experienced officers and tried soldiers only remains and new flesh blood and bones must be provided for this soul in the shape of new levies when we see an old soldier glorying in his score of campaigns we should call to mind the score of youths prematurely covered by the sod few then said lady mabel can enjoy gonsalvo of cordova's fortune on retiring to a monastery he avowed that every soldier needed for repentance an interval of some years between his life and his death the great captain's conscience must have pricked him said lille when he made that speech an unjust war or a war unjustly waged lay heavy on him a soldier knows the likelihood of his dying in his vocation if he think it criminal let him abandon it up to this day my conscience has not troubled me on that score war always an evil is often a necessity and i wonder whether after an hundred years of peace we could not find nations worse and more worthless than they are now mrs shortridge now called their attention to the number of storks in the air the sun had set and these grave birds were seeking their roosts every tower of church and monastery affording a domicile to some feathered family with the full sanction of the biped denizens below the social position of these long-legged gentry all over the peninsula said lille is one of the characteristics of the country it is astonishing what an amount of respect and immunity from harm they enjoy i am afraid they would fare worse at the hands of the more brutal part of our english populace they are useful too but are more indebted for their safety and the respect shown them here to the clerical gravity of their demeanour they had now reached their lodgings and were soon after joined by the commissary who came in rubbing his hands and exclaiming capital bargains to be made here corn plenty and bullocks that would make a figure in smithfield some farmers have not threshed last year's crop a curious country this one province starving and plenty in the next it is all owing to the want of roads but luckily elvis is not far off yet the romans lil remarked had once netted over the whole peninsula with roads when they went away said the commissary the first thing the people of the country did i suppose was to let them go to ruin in true portuguese fashion shortridge now said that he must spend some days in the neighbourhood of evra and that the party would have to return to elvis without him this being agreed to lady mabel suggested that they should find their way back by a different route and on consulting the muleteer they found that it could be done without much lengthening their journey End of chapter 10